0: Well, good evening all, and welcome to the one and only podcast focusing on the weekly exploits of clowns and average tennis players. Yes, in that order. I'm Mark Foster, and this is episode 28 of C-Special 1, Sunbury Men's Business. Wasn't a loss, but it wasn't a win either. Somehow the Sunbury boys have managed to draw against Duda Galla, 28 all, after being up by a few games with a few sets to play. Yes, this promises to be one of those special podcasts. That little tune, folks, was Somewhere in Sydney by Skyhooks. In fact, it's that special I'm actually coming to you from the pristine McCure in Sydney for this first segment. Yes, the boys drawing that match has forced me to flee Victoria, finally. I couldn't handle staying in Sunbury after reading that result, so I've had to settle for a Saturday night up here in Sydney. But before we look at what happened on Thursday night let's get some feedback from episode 27 which of course was all about the round nine loss to Greenvale let me tell you there's no punches pulled for this one in fact it was actually the round eight loss sorry boys as I was saying there is no punches pulled for this one so the Swedish chef opened feedback proceedings this week and said the following Obviously a cracking contest against Greenvale, and could have gone either way, but find it amusing to say you were shattered after a few days afterwards. Correct me if I'm wrong, but ain't you playing social tennis on a Thursday night? Maybe you should listen to your own advice for the A-Graders, I think it was podcast host, you aren't playing for sheep stations. Now Mr Foster, after listening to this, I had to replay it just so I didn't get my wires crossed. To say you don't follow the Socceroos is nothing short of disgraceful. May I remind you where you were born and raised and basically lived your whole life. I can't believe you would turn your back on your country to follow a more fashionable side. Guess you follow the All Blacks in Rugby Union, if I knew what kind of sport that was, and America in the basketball as well. You are a disgrace. (laughs) Now, Swedish Chef... I'm more than aware we aren't playing for steep stations on a Thursday night, but correct me if I'm wrong. I have seen you shattered walking off the pitch after a Sunbury United loss. In fact, I've seen you shattered when you've been sent off because you might have been given lip to the ref and copped a second yellow, if my memory serves me correctly. Furthermore, sweetie chef, I've also seen you spit the dummy on a golf course and walk off shattered with your game. Incidentally... Those of us who were there on that day had a good old chuckle about it. And furthermore, sweetie chef, Jason White, who plays in B-Res 1 on Thursday nights, did get that hole in one. Had you been somewhat not so selfish about your own game and realised it was a bonding experience that day, then you would have also been privileged to witness it. No, Swedish chef, the only thing that's a disgrace is your blind loyalty to a country who has overhoped themselves as a football nation for many, many years. Apart from that absolute fluke in the Asian Nations Cup a few years ago, there is not enough youth development that will ever see them progress in the World Cup. In fact, the only way the Socceroos will ever have a chance of progressing will be down to the ridiculous idea that FIFA have of increasing the number of teams to 48 for the 2022 Qatar World Cup. As for following a more fashionable side, I'm not quite sure what you think England are, considering they've only won one major trophy back in '66. Yes, the same year that that shit of a mobson killer won their only flag. The key man then rose his head above the trenches and said, great podcast, better than the tennis Clark dished up in the last set. (laughs) Well, sweetie, chef, you think I'm talking about having a swipe at the captain. Key man, I will let you in on a little secret, my friend. My podcast is better than anything the rest of you clowns do on court on a Thursday night. If only all of you attacked the contest as much as I attacked this podcast... And I guarantee we wouldn't be sitting at three and a half wins coming into round ten. Now speaking of lunatics, the hitman himself said, Not sure about the help Harding segment. I think it will be more of a hindrance than helping. (laughs) Well, my friend, we shall soon see about that when our special guest joins us very, very shortly. (laughs) What else did the great man have to say? That's Mr Harding, by the way. What did he say? Here we go. It's coming. Live TV. He says, and finally, as always, with the broken record, he said, just a suggestion. How about opening the podcast with the Audi ad so I can get a laugh and then turn it off? Just a thought. No, the answer is no. So with that hilarity out of the way... As always, let's turn our attention to what's coming up in this episode. And in a packed program tonight, we'll have a look at the Round 9 draw against Dudagala. Check out the Audi Australia Player of the Year Award. See which pairs saved that last dance for each other in their weekly bromance. Check out the pair who, quite frankly, should never have come back home in the It's Not Me, It's You segment. We'll go around the grounds for last week's results in C-Special 1. We'll see who's doing what on the prestigious tipping competition and we'll preview this week's clash against our, uh, against our Sydenham. And more importantly, we welcome our special guest into the cauldron this week. Yes, it's Mr. Matthew Clark, the captain. We'll be back with him in a minute. That was part one and that was Sydney. And welcome back. Now this evening gives me great pleasure to welcome the only surviving premiership captain amongst this motley crew of pirates and current captain for the autumn 2019 season, the Clarkster of Disaster himself, back for this season's podcast. Welcome, Matthew Clark. Welcome audience. I tell you what mate, I am certainly looking forward to speaking with you later. We'll go through some niceties with you and then we'll get through some not so niceties with you mate. I know you'll give us a lot and you usually do. Of course, that's Indeed. what I'm here for Indeed, well, I wouldn't, wouldn't be here otherwise So, Matthew Thursday night saw the boys travel all the way out to struggling 8th place to Gallop For the Round 9 clash in a must win game to get some distance between 4th place and 5th Going into the clash, the lineups for Round 9 were as follows Clark 1, Taylor 2, Smith 3 and Hattie 4 Mr. Clark, your first order of business is to read out the scores for the following sets. Can you read out the combinations and the scores for the listeners, please?
1: Indeed. All right. So the first sets were The Great Man and Eric, six four. Smith and Hattie, six three. both up. Summary up by five with two sets gone. And are you, you were going to say this part? Yes, mate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Next two sets, thanks, knackers.
1: Uh, Clark and Smith Down 5-6 It was just a Little bit costly There with uh, You know Lockie losing the plot A couple of times but I tried to carry Threw him on my shoulders We still didn't get through Anyway It was nothing like that uh, Lockie actually played very well uh, Don't give him anything Taylor and Hattie Went up 6-3. It was all looking swimmingly for me. I
0: I tell you what, mate. Swimmingly was an unassailable lead of seven with two sets to go. Matthew, what was your message to the boys after the fourth set?
1: (sighs) Sit back and relax, boys. Sit back and relax. Think about the beer. Think about the pizza. Job's done. That's what I was telling them.
0: Absolutely inspirational, obviously. The next set, Matthew, involved E.T. and the key man. Score, please. You should know what the score is, mate. Yeah,
1: that was. uh, They went down 5 6, which uh, made it interesting, but we're still up by six games. And um, knowing myself, how good I am, you know, I'd throw Hattie on my shoulders and carry us to victory.
0: Now, was that a case in your mind of game, set, match, mate? Absolutely. Beautiful. Why wouldn't it be? All right. Scores, please, for the last set, mate Clark and Hattie. (laughs) (laughs) What was that for the audience? Sixth oh. floor. Ah. Yes. yes. Uh, uh, look,
1: I, Hattie dragged me down. What can I say? Well, I've Do got you, a
0: little bit of feedback from Hattie, mate, which I'll talk to you shortly God about damn that. It. <laughs> <laughs> so, after all of that, Sumbury settles for the draw. Now, Matthew, how will the Duda Galler boys with the reaction after the match? Well,
1: uh, the funny part about it all was that ET asked if, he, if we could swap the order so he could get his set out of the way early to get home early so he could get over to the police force.
0: Did he now? He did. Oh, That's very interesting. And
1: they were much obliging. They said yes, no problem, not an issue. So we let them go on and as it turns out on the other court we had an injury so we went straight back on also. Uh,
0: no good, mate.
1: Unlucky for Eric.
0: Uh, unlucky for all of you, apparently. Now Matthew, I need a crowd number please. And a three-word description of what do were like.
1: Well, the crowd number, there was a man and a dog. Literally? Uh, yeah, yeah, literally. There was a man and a dog behind us. Um, and do that they, they were good. There they, they weren't much chop on the court, uh, which doesn't say a lot for us, but they were very uh, very complimentary and um, we had a nice beer after the game and a bit of pizza, as Beautiful. you do. But it was
0: good. They oh, good, guys. Matthew, three things you learnt. On the night? On the. No, in school. On the night, mate. Alright.
1: One. Maybe don't play the captain at number one again. <laughs> Even though I was playing quite well up until the last set. Whose decision was it to go number one, mate? I, I Myself. Yeah. I rocked up and I said, it's time to put my foot down. Enough of the rubbish. We need a win. And that's what I did. Beautiful. Number two. The second point to take out of it is maybe don't get ahead of yourself and uh, just presume you're going to stroll to victory. Beautiful. Number three? Don't play with Hattie. <laughs> ah! Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ.
0: Uh, you're going to have a ball no. listening to this one
1: later, <laughs> Ryan? No, in fairness to, in fairness to hats, Uh Yeah, go on. In fairness to hats, um, Uh, It was was a bit of both. It was just a horrendous last
0: set, to be honest. Alright, moving on, mate. Okay, now, (laughs) I'm not going to move actually on. I've got to go back to that last set. Mm. And I have been given some feedback from a certain team member. Mr. Hattie has finally made a contribution. I would like your assessment of what he said, especially for the listeners. He said, he's given me an analysis, which is good, mate. So after playing well and taking my first two sets with Lockie and then Eric, six three, six three, finally I thought, well, about time I get some decent stats for the night. How wrong I was. Just for the record, you could choose to use this bit or not, which of course I'm gonna use. Ryan, you've got to understand anything you text me, mate, is gonna go onto this podcast. But Clark wasn't all to blame for the last set disaster. My level dropped from my previous two sets. But Clark did not land a first serve, and if he <laughs> If he got his second serve in, it was moving slower than my nana who died in 1996. (laughs) I'm blaming him. It happened so quick, it was over before I knew it. That's what she said. (laughs) Waving a wooden leg. I meant to add that every time I see Clark playing with someone else, I see him firing down quick first serves and even rallying well, but I'm still waiting to see this in our pairings. Mr. Clark, would you like to comment? It must be the pressure. Trying to carry the new
1: guy. You know, I'm a natural champion at the game. And I've been trying to play the Ryan. You know, the mojo's just not there at the
0: moment, but we're working on it. No, there's still time, mate. That's beautifully well put. You didn't drop him in it either, which is for sensational. Now, Matthew, <clears throat> thanks to everyone's favourite, Audi Australia. Let's go to this week's Audi Australia Player of the Year award. Thanks to our special guest, Matthew Clark. The votes, please. Now, before we get into them, along the lines of your interview last season, I want you to give me three words to describe their performance on the night. One vote.
1: The King. Five down for the night. Description. Absolutely robbed. You can have one more word. That's all I need. Okay. Two votes. Ryan Hattie. Even Stevens for the night. Jeez, I'll tell you what, I know how the Titanic felt with an anchor attached <laughs> to a bloody iceberg. <laughs> That's
0: more than three. you say Titanic?
1: Three votes. Lockie Smith, one up for the night. Lockie actually played pretty well tonight. I'll give it to him. He did. He played well. His head was up. He was positive And he actually he did carry me in that second set. So mm. he, he actually played all right. It must be fatherhood. It must be he plays well under no sleep and duress. Uh,
0: and the four, do, fl- four do votes, much
1: else. the four votes go to Eric Officer Taylor, up four for the night. He's slowly starting to get back into action now. Um, he, in the last couple of weeks he's been a bit off. I think he's had a bit on his plate and uh, his mind's sort of racing, but he's getting back to the uh, you know number one or two player form that he was in last
0: season, which was good. That is beautifully well put. and more than three uh, words. Obviously more than three words, but we'll, we'll let you go, mate. So let's go to the Audi Australia leaderboard after round nine. Get one now. <laughs> Got after to that part yet, champ? Hattie moves to ten votes. Five votes behind yourself, Matthew, on 15. ET, by way of two BOGs in a row, moves to 16. And look at this, a three-way. Sorry, tie between the hit, the key man, the hit man and Foster, all on 17. It is what we all play tennis for, this award. Don't you worry about that. We don't actually go and play on court, mate. This is what it's all about. Now, hey, Matthew. Just
1: before you go on the Yes, that, mate. That'd be the worst fucking three-way ever. <laughs>
0: Good God. <laughs> Good God, man. That'd make baby Jesus cry. Oh, oh, anyway, Christ carry sake. on. Now, hey, Matthew, do you have any idea what's coming up next? No. Yes, you guessed it. It's time for you to see how you fare compared to our previous contributors with this cracking little ad. Hmm. Oh, here we go. Hang on. I'm getting it. Start reading, mate, word for word. In green. From here. Yep. Yep.
1: As captain of this motley bunch of pirates, I'm often pondering what kind of inspiration I can bring to my team. Is it my lobs? No. My inspiring text on Wednesday night? Absolutely not. My hugely toned rig that God has given to me—I like this. Me. Nope, none of that. Yes, boys. The only thing that inspires me is to know that somewhere in the world, at any time of any day, is the knowledge that some lucky bastard out there is driving a fucking Audi. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been be, Riley. I, I, hey, I, hey, I, Green's I, me, mate. Yeah, there right, right. I've been reliably informed by the man interviewing me is that. He travelled all the way from Sunbury to George... It wasn't George Street, was it? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was Oxford. Jeez, shut up. Yep. You <laughs> went to get a bit of D. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, in Sydney, without having to refuel. Yes, folks. Really? Yep. Fucking hell. You're in the tank, car not you? Yeah, mate, yep. A whole 835 kilometres. I could, of course, get all the way to Sydney in my family trickster. But let's be honest, I'd rather trade it in for an Audi. Yep. What I wouldn't do for one of those bad boys in my possession. Please, Katie, let me have one.
0: Yes, well done, Matthew. Goodness me. Oh, yes, boys. Oh, that was good. I'll say it again. Well, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's in the top... Oh, the delivery. It's, the it's delivery in, was genius. It's in the top three, only because I've had three people do it. Yeah, well... Anyway. Yes, boys. I'll say it again because I can. If you've never driven an Audi, then chances are you don't own one or know anyone who does or ever will. Audi. Forsprung Deutsch Technik. Audi. Get one now. I wanted to say that part. Oh, go on. No, you fucked it
1: now. All right.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, thanks to One Tree Hill and Tura Dan at Wilson's Promontory, it's time for that Mmm, get a room segment. And there's two combinations this week who went above and beyond to get a 6-3 result, and encouragingly enough, both involved Mr Hattie, with his partners being the key man at E.T. Tilly fucked me over. <laughs> well done, mate. Looking forward to reading your name out in future in this segment. Yes, One Tree Hill and Tura on Victoria's beautiful Wilson's Promontory. One Tree Hill sits on the very top of a grassy hill, Two and a half kilometres as the eagle flies from Corner Inlet with a landmark cypress tree and an unforgettable 360 degree panorama across Corner Inlet, Wilson's Promontory, Bass Strait, the Streslicky Ranges and lush South Gippsland Grazing Country. Property offers private, elegant and comfortable fully self-contained accommodation for up to seven people in beds. I would presume that's the different beds. And eight, if you use the large couch. There are three cargo containers that have been turned into living quarters with very appropriate names for at least two of them, the magnificent 360 degrees and Eagle's Nest, with the other being Lockie's Lookout. Absolutely no way anyone would want to stay at a place with that kind of name. Yes, I am using last week's ad. I couldn't be bothered doing a new one. Anyway, one tree hill out of Tura. Do yourself a favour, folks. Take your significant other up there. Or if you like, you can also take a pet or two as the property is pet-friendly. You will be absolutely amazed. Now, courtesy of Collingwood Football Club's president, Eddie Maguire, it's time once again for the It's Not Me, It's You segment. Matthew, do you have any idea who's going to get the award this week?
1: Ryan Hattie. And? Ashley Harding, even though (laughs) he didn't even play. (laughs)
0: I think we've touched on it enough, mate. I don't think I'm going to get much else out of you. Anyway, Hattie and Clark with a zero six 6 result. Never mind, boys. Not like the result was pending on it. Jeez, it went quick, I'll tell you. <laughs> that's what she said. Quicker saying. than my performance in the bedroom, oh, if thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Now, Matt, your football club, of course, has a colourful president, Mr. Geoffrey Gibb Kennett. Yes. Who would you prefer, him or Eddie Maguire? Geoffrey the great man, Kennett. Fantastic mate, because good old Eddie, well what has we been up to this week? Well on Friday night Mr Maguire made a comment about the coin tosser at Sydney versus Adelaide game, Sydney's number one ticket holder who's a double amputee, Cynthia Benham, and said that probably jokingly in his mind anyone who couldn't properly toss a coin should face a $5,000 fine. Of course, this rightfully brought condemnation by the wider football community and the community itself, and of course, good old Eddie stood down for the weekend calling for Fox footy. Bannam, of course, was a defence and foreign affairs correspondent for the Sydney Morning Herald at the time of the Garuda Indonesia crash in March 2007 that killed 21 people and left her with burns to 60% of her body. Bannam appeared in the centre of the SCG with a walking stick. Maguire reportedly is said to not have had his glasses on when the coin toss had been done and had also not kept a close eye on the feed. There's another excuse ready, which came through from host broadcaster Channel 7. He had made the comments because he could not see who was tossing the coin. I bet he could see if it was a head or a tail, Matthew.
1: Yeah, probably. uh,
0: He then said, I had absolutely no visibility whatsoever. I would never have made light of a person with a disability and I'm profoundly sorry, he said. But this, folks, is where it gets interesting. If this was an isolated incident, Matthew, I wouldn't bother doing this. I'd find something else to do, mate. He then said, I saw the coin flick out. Well, it's funny because he couldn't see anything. And went out on a tangent of jocularity. It was mucking around. You get beaten up in the media on these things, but not half as much as you beat yourself up on. And there, folks, lies the problem. It is not the first time this absolute peanut has blamed his mouth on being one of the boys and being jocular. So just for a trip down memory lane, let's look at this meathead's previous comments. 2010, McGuire made homophobic jibes about male figure skaters when hosting the Winter Olympics with Mick Malloy. Maguire brought up fashion in ice skating and Malloy replied that athletes in the sport don't leave anything in the locker room. <laughs> to which Maguire said they don't leave anything in the closet either. He then remarked that one. Competitor- Alright, all buddy. He then remarked <laughs> that one competitor's outfit was a bit of broke back in reference to hit movie Brokeback Mountain, which centers on a gay relationship. 2013, of course, he was forced to apologize after making a comment on radio that Sydney Swans football Adam Goods could be used to promote the King Kong musical. Of course, he apologised and, like him and Buckley, said it was a slip of the tongue. Two years later, he was again in the spotlight over comments about Goods about the Swan star's Indigenous-themed war cry directed at the Moronic Carlton Supporters Group. Goods did the dance during the AFL's Indigenous round but was criticised for the move by a number of commentators, including Eddie... He said, on Fox Footy Channel, it was quite aggressive and that I don't think we ever want to see it again, to be perfectly honest, much like your head. The Upper House of the New South Wales Parliament responded to Maguire's latest comments, passing a motion supporting goods and condemning Maguire as a continual buffhead. Nearly finished with this, mate. But most, probably most damning, his comments in the ages' chief football writer, Caroline Wilson, were even worse. In relation to the Big Freeze charity event, where high-profile people go down a slide into an ice bath, for Neil Danaher's motor neuron disease charity, he said this: "Caroline Wilson, I'll put the ten, I'll put in the ten grand straight away, make it twenty, and if she stays under fifty, that's fair enough. To mm, be honest, indeed, let's be fair. Yes, let's we'll try <laughs> and get out of this one without controversy, mate." He then suggested people should stand around Wilson and bomb it, while he also likened her to a black widow spider. He was also condemned for making comments about Muslims and Western Sydney being a bunch of falafel eaters. So there you go Matthew, he's made derogatory comments on the big four, homosexuals, indigenous people, Muslims and women. That Fantastic was magnificent stuff, mate, he's, he's got everything yeah, he's, he's done, he's done well. well. Talk about foot in mouth, plus there are others I have not made mention of. Now seriously Eddie, when are you going to accept any responsibility whatsoever in relation to any comments you make? You are seriously becoming irrelevant with your comments. You don't add value to any games that you comment on. You are fast becoming a character of yourself and your unprofessionalism whilst trying to anchor the Fox footy team makes you wonder how you conduct your business ventures. Like your presidency over the Collingwood Football Club, it's time for you to take a spell. You are fast becoming a mouthpiece for a generation of people on TV, normally on Channel 9, that quite frankly refuse to move with the times and acknowledge that the blokey culture which is becoming obsolete has run its race. Shut up, Eddie. Do your job. Get professional, for Christ's sake, for once in your rapidly declining career or go the way of the dinosaur. You are not far off at champ the amount of times you blame it on a slip of the tongue Or a joke or something jocular or just being one of the boys as officially worn thin. Having said that, we'll be back shortly with the great man with the question of how to heal a hungry heart. Yes, welcome back. I'm still here with Matthew with, as promised, a brand new segment for this week. Yes, it's time for Help Heal the Hitman's Heart.
1: Brought to you by Grindr. The gay app that Ashley
0: uses on a daily basis. It's <laughs> outstanding work. Now, as we all know, the good old hitman himself, Ashley Harding, has been quite has been single for quite a while. Sure, he's had some lovely ladies along the way, but by Christ, as one of his longest-standing mates, I just cannot sit idly by as the days go by and the old boy gets greyer and grumpier by the day. Possibly by the minute. Now, as soon as I mentioned this new segment, I've been inundated with at least one or two comments. The key man, in fact, has offered to shout a hit, the hit man, a night at Lockheed's Lookout over at One Tree Hill in Tura.
1: Not going to help him. No, Sheila's out there. Indeed, error.
0: Now, the Swedish chef, God bless him. He said, the segment for Ash's Love Life is well overdue. I truly wish you all well on your quest to find the hitman a lady, but you are up against it. Both my lovely wife and I have tried on a number of occasions by introducing Ashley, of course, to some of my better halves, work colleagues, and I'll tell you what, mate, they're... uh, Lovely lovely young ladies back then, mate. And it is safe to say Mr. Harding has dropped the ball each time. Of course, the Swedish chef is shaking his head as he wrote that. Quite right on both accounts there, mate. He has definitely dropped the ball. Possibly because his balls haven't dropped, Matthew. Mm,
1: They've never been used,
0: so... Uh, I'll tell you what, though, Matthew. I did find a nice eligible single for Mr. Harding at Darling Harbour, a nice elderly 106-year-old Chinese man with a long Fu Manchu beard giving out free hugs. Now, the hitman, of course, said he was quite a character, and I'll tell you what, mate, he he was absolutely a gorgeous, gorgeous man, mate. You would have given a lot of hugs off him too. Now, Matthew, before we get to your thoughts on this conundrum, I was thinking how Mr Harding should update his profile to be more attractive to the ladies.
1: All right, before you go on, don't put a picture of himself up.
0: Well, interestingly enough, I found this example of a profile which was on tinder now this profile by the way is so awesome that it then became a reddit article and has gone global so i've taken this article from the uk's yes. world-renowned son yes. <coughs> it says a man's tinder profile is being mocked online for its ridiculous list of demands from women which bans girls nights out not only is chad the well chad. There's, his, there's his first problem mate His profile, which shows a topless snap of himself flexing his biceps on Tinder, mate, who would have thought, has found its way under Reddit. The picky 26-year-old lists the exact qualities he's looking for in a girl, saying, If you fit this criteria, swipe right, I will not settle for anything less. For any woman hoping that they fit the bill, Chad, believed to be from the US, is looking for either a blonde or brunette. And they must be between five foot two and five foot six, as well as being fit and toned, <laughs> going to the gym at least twice a week. Chad also specifies that they be available at all times and devote as much of your time to me as possible. This gets even better. He also said that the ladies must, <clears throat> hope there's no kids listening, must be able to give good head <laughs> and call me anything I want. And, most importantly, be able to cook and clean. This is fair. Isn't it?
1: He's got some very valid points.
0: But he wants... Standing, mate. But he wants his women independent too, as they must have their own place to live. Chad said she should have own apartment that I can crash at occasionally.
1: (laughs) Chad's a genius.
0: He's something. Earning is important too, as if you want to apply, ladies, you need a job where you earn at least 70,000 US dollars. But if you want to land this catch, you better be squeaky clean and basically have no friends. Chad doesn't want his women indulging in anything naughty, so stresses that they should be a non-smoker, non-alcoholic and no druggies. He later clarifies that he's only uninterested in alcoholics, but any woman who drinks also needn't apply. being faithful is the key as any potential dates shouldn't approach other men and say goodbye to your friends as you can't go to the club or girls' nights. His bonkers bio is being mocked mercilessly online with one person saying he'll find his patch in the 50s. Matthew, do you think the hitman should be getting his inspiration in writing his profile from Chad, or is it possible that the hitman is actually Chad himself?
1: No, no. the Chad's far more intelligent from reading all that. The chads uh, putting himself out there. He's having a crack.
0: He's having a crack in the air. It's unlike our friend Ashley, who is not putting himself no, out there. He's got a self-imposed chastity belt attached to him. Jesus Christ, and that's not coming off any time soon. Nope. Matthew, have you, the question is, have you ever used online dating at all before you met the lovely Katie? Uh, negative ghostwriter.
1: Wasn't, wasn't around
0: uh, when I was... Uh,
1: before, jeez, oh, we've been together about 14 years. I don't think it was even around then.
0: Uh, did they even have the internet back then?
1: Yeah, they had internet, but right. it was uh, in the early stages. But, yeah, but no, uh, no dating apps. Indeed. It w- wasn't required.
0: No, that's exactly right, mate. People used to speak to each other back then.
1: Yeah, I was beating them off with a stick <laughs> amongst other things. <laughs> just,
0: oh, sorry. you're sticky <laughs> to this, mate. <laughs> now, the big question, Matthew, is what are we going to do with the boy... Do you have any suggestions whatsoever? Oh. Because this is the age-old problem, mate. Look, this is this if, is what we always talk about at the end of tennis. Yes. That Harding's are if we're, follies. Going to be brutally honest. Go on. We're, we're all going to have to go
1: out with him one night. We're going to have to actually take him physically out to a bar. That's the only way he's going to actually meet. He's not going to meet someone walking around. Fucking wherever he works, Might Ten Gardens oh, or something. Might Ten, his
0: dream woman's going to come in, isn't it? The only ones he's going to meet there is the gay man that he Ooh, met. Or the bloke. He <laughs> sex with on numerous occasions. <laughs> or the bloke from St. John Bosco that always pops in. Ooh. Bellini, what's his name? Damien Bellino? Ooh, That's yeah. the one. Yeah. <sighs> Once again, folks, if you have any ideas at all how to solve this age old question, let us know. And as I said last week, we'll make the suggestions to him on this podcast. Of course, because we need it to be as public a forum as possible.
1: He's not having a crack, let's be honest. And he's not he's, not. he's obviously not trying, he's given up.
0: Maybe we should get him on one day. Actually, no, I've had him on the podcast before and we know how that ends up, mate. Yeah. He's not doing himself any faves maybe to any... I'll
1: ta- Look, I don't want to do it, and I don't like the man, right? But maybe I'll take him to one of Katie's netball functions one day.
0: Oh, that's a good idea. How does that sound?
1: And I'll film it. <laughs> you feel him sitting in the corner <laughs> talking to a middle aged man all <laughs> oh, like, like these girls with skirts
0: everywhere uh, Now on that note thank you very much Matthew for your uh, your input into that one mate we will be back very very shortly to finish this absolute train recap There's six more parts yeah? No no it's this is the last bit mate Fuck. Yes welcome back <laughs> you were the great
1: man <laughs> The Clark man, the king, the captain, the man,
0: and uh, and I'm here too. Now it's time to go around the grounds for all the action from round nine, and most games were par for the course. I should say we got young Mitchell here too. Say hello, Mitchell. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello. How are you? <laughs> very, very good. Now you're that's in, the picture in. of the Titanic. Yeah, that's a
2: little bit of the iceberg stuck in the.
0: How appropriate, because apparently there was a big iceberg smashed into the old uh, boat on Thursday night with uh, Matthew at the helm. Yeah. There you go. That's very, very, very good. What a good segue. All right. All right. So as we were saying before we were pleasantly interrupted by the, uh, the great man's little boy... Around the grounds action, mate, unbeaten Royal Park stay unbeaten, of course, with a 36-13 to 13 smashing of St John Bosco. Sydenham destroyed East Coburg 33 games to 12, whereas Merle, uh, Greenvale, of course, avoided a potential banana skin of an upset with a 30 games to 27 victory over Merlinston. This week's clashes see Merlinston up against Doody Gallup, St John Bosco play Greenvale and East Coburg play Royal Park. So, with round nine out of the way, it's time to check out the leaderboard for the prestigious tipping award. Bear luck boys, by way of the draw, you don't get a point for it either. The captain, who's sitting with me now, stays top on 23. That's right. Keyman key man is joined by the master blaster on 21, with the hat man on 20. E.T. has now been joined by the hit man on 10. Uh, Captain, who are you backing to finish last in this epic battle between these two Stooges? Last? Given, yeah, given the fact that E.T. does not put its tips in anymore, is it possible that the hitman can still finish last?
1: Oh, it's probably. It's likely that Harding will fall on his face and finish last. That's what he does best.
0: <laughs> Indeed it is. Yes, boys, I know that the Audi Australia Player of the Year Award is the one that we all want to win. But with $30, called out cash, up for grabs, this is the second best award to win. And by Riley, it is the best tennis tipping competition in Australia, possibly the world. That's right, boys. $30, cold out cash. Now, just before we get on to the next thing, Matthew. Yes. I don't know whether you were listening to last I week. I was. But there was a serious allegation raised... By the Swedish chef in relation to you picking Royal Park and then putting yourself up at number two, mate. Yes. You're spot on. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: really, in, in, in fairness, the Swedish chef, yes, I, I understand where he's coming from. But you've got to remember, the week prior, the team we played against told us that these four kids could basically be on the APT, ATP t- tour... And we've got no hope in hell of beating them. And I'm pretty sure Lockie heard that information as well and heeded their advice, which is why we went down that path. And it rang
0: true. Well, were you trying to do and make it interesting in the first set when we won 6-3? Right? Or were you just do, me, mate?
1: No, no. The others dragged me down again. <laughs> you, know, you played all right.
0: Yeah, uh, well, you know. We move on. Now, Matthew, this week, Sydenham at home. What a clash this is going to be. This is usually where you boys tune out, but I'll read it anyway. Yeah, Syden- Sydenham are unbeaten in five, whereas we are five without a win. So the two teams couldn't be any more opposite. In fact, Matthew, this is the second longest losing streak since rounds four to rounds ten under the captain of ET. Are they the Indian fellas
1: we're
0: playing? Uh, they are. I'll get on to them very, very shortly. Speaking of which, they have a squad of seven players with four of them playing regularly and have used two emergencies. Last time we played them... The winners to the tune of seven games. Admittedly, two of their regulars were out. But as we all know, you can only play who the opposition puts out there. So their number one player, AJ Nair, oh, he's up by 65 games, with Nadi Gumalat and Siddharth Brahmendran, both up by 38. Brahmendran, that's a real name, is on plus 31. Christ, mate, it is like reading an SBS News bulletin. Yeah. Not wrong. Now for this week is Hattie and the captain with Harding and Foster making their returns. Now Matthew, here is a stat I have managed to dredge out, so make of it what you will. Last season, as we all know, C-Special 1 was the closest section in the entire competition for many, many weeks. This season, it is now the most lopsided in the entire competition, not including sections that have only seven teams. The bottom five sides have only won 11 games between them. Matthew. Yes. <clears throat> now, in all seriousness, mate, being the captain, and it is fair to say that the strength of this section in particular is below par for this season, why, in your opinion, is this team currently struggling? Our
1: team. Our team. <sighs> I mean, you? When, when you got... Folks like Harding with no heart. Not trying. <laughs> makes it pretty difficult. No, look. I don't know. We've we actually been thereabouts. What have we lost? We drew one. We lost one by one. Yep. You know, we could be... We should be... Uh, at mm-hmm. least our eight, yeah, ten, twelve points higher worry. than what we are. Well, that is exactly right, mate. So, you know, we're still... Look, the positive is we're still in fourth. And those two points have basically worked like a win because we're two points clear of
0: fifth, of fifth. Daddy's truants and John Bosco had a real tough one this week too. So I like to make things hard, you see. Unlike our friend Ashley. <laughs> oh, <he laughs> ma- oh, Oh, oh. <laughs> Colonel. You can't find anyone to <laughs> yeah. make it in oh, Thank you very much. Yeah, Matthew, your thoughts on this huge game for the boys and a tip, please. Who uh, are we playing? them the Indian guys? Sydney, the uh, they Indian I in oh, just, just read it, mate. But... Um... <laughs>
1: Yeah, they'll probably give us a tanning. They're pretty good. No, look, will you no, be tipping I, them? No. no, I'll be tipping somebody this week. The only ones I'll tip is that the, those young kids. After seeing them hand, yeah, too, yeah, yeah. they're pretty good. No, I think uh, look, maybe mix it up a bit. I mean, I'm the captain. I know. Yes. The champion of this team, but I, uh, I might be playing. Uh, Out of order a little bit, I would, if I were you. But you've got to play number one. Um, We're in trouble, then. Mix it up, I reckon. But we can get them, definitely. We got them the first time, even though I had
0: players missing. Well, they might miss this week, too. Oh, with any luck. Indeed. So, a tip, please, mate. What's what's the margin?
1: Summary by three games.
0: You heard it from the captain... Well, that will wrap it up for this episode. Now, Matthew. Hang on.
1: Shout out to my man, the Swedish chef. Oh, God. Why? I wouldn't leave the great man out. I just wanted to say, hello, Scotty. Hope you're well, mate. Hope the family's well. And uh, we'll split that $30 like we agreed (laughs) at the start of the season. (laughs) Give me a tissue, God's sake.
0: (laughs) Now, Matthew, before we go, I believe you have a request that you'd like to hear. Yes. Uh, I do, Mark.
1: It's, what um, would that be, Matthew? It's uh, a song, a little song called Don't Stop Me Now by Ashley Harding. <laughs> I mean Queen. Queen. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Sorry. Yeah. What's the inspiration for choosing this song? Uh, I
1: just like it. It's a good, upbeat song.
0: Gets you going. It's a happy song. You, you weren't inspired by the, uh, the scene out of Shaun of the Dead where they start hitting the zombies with pull cues in the bar, where? you? Never seen it. Haven't you? No. Good English film, that. Oh, I'll have to have a look. Mm. Actually, maybe I have. Yeah. Yeah, with the old bus. Pe- yeah. Peg and what's yes, his face? Yeah. Um, uh, the Frost.
1: Guide, the guy out of the full Monty. Is that the same guy? No, you're it? thinking
0: of Robert Carlyle.
1: Mm. Yeah. Really?
0: No, Simon Peg and um, Nick Frost. I They've done Robert Hot Fuzz did. and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, Never
0: seen it. Very good. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll wrap it up for this week. On that note, it's good night. You want to sign off?
1: Good luck. <laughs> God, we need it.
2: do no stopping, stop it! Don't stop it! Don't Hey hey! do hey. no stopping no stop it! Don't Ooh ooh ooh! I like no stopping, it! do no Have a good time! Good time! No stopping, no stopping. Oh.